could only hear everything that had just transpired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, audience. Hello, Zach. Yeah, what to do, Chief? <laughs> what to do, what to do, what to do. What to do, woke wasty. Oh, Ooh, oh. slip. Yo, okay, that, we're just going to get in this real quick. The world has been, like, reminiscing on old things and this is a conversation you or something you had brought up to me, right? Like kind of mm-hmm. fondly thinking back to old memories or things that weren't even quite fond of in the past, but yeah, like a lot of that these I didn't things even enjoy. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia, man. That's, that's like what that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I was, I've been feeling a lot of nostalgia lately. I like nostalgia as a feeling, yeah. which is weird because I, I will stand by this. I think nostalgia is a form of grief. I was about to say gratitude. Really? <laughs> I was on the other end of that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a form of grief because if you think about it, you're like, you're, you can only have nostalgia for something you've lost. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of like a fond, a fond remembrance of something you've lost, but you're grieving that it's not there anymore. Even if it's somebody you're still with or somebody you still know, you can grieve an aspect of the relationship or, you know, a time that you guys had together that is no longer there and can't ever be recreated. I am actually, yeah, I am actually on the opposite end of that. I feel like it's, um, well, technically it is grieving, but like, if you think about the meat of a grieving process, this is kind of extended beyond that. And so I see it as like, just like fond remembrance. And then if we talk about fall, you know, it's that kind of warm, nurturing uh, energy that comes up. And that's kind of, at least for me, the way I, the way I've been seeing it and feeling it. Mm. I wonder if it's a blend of the, like, mm-hmm. cause it's like, because both of what you're, both of what we're saying is true. It's, right? true. it's like, yeah. you're grateful for something you once had, but it's gone. Right. So mm-hmm there's a part of you that longs for it and misses it. So it is kind of like, it's like gratitude textured with grief or grief textured mm-hmm. with gratitude or however you want to look at it. I think this will be situation dependent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, I mean, you could technically say like we are forever grieving losses, right? Like that, yeah. that is, there's a truth in that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like, well, yeah, that's that's all the words I have on it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was thinking I was talking about this with one of my buddies, Adnan, like uh, oh, a couple months ago. Back. I did. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah, called me like call a you. few weeks ago, and I totally forgot to call him back. Yeah, um, he does that. <laughs> he, he just. I, I a, like it. I enjoy. He's it. such a caller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice. It's nice. Um, he had a friend in the diamond business, the Shane Company. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like Shaneco.com, San Mateo, Novato, Cupertino, and Walnut Creek. Uh, so for me, it was on Scottsdale <laughs> Road in, in Nakoma because I grew up in a completely different state. But uh, yeah, we were talking about nostalgia. <laughs> it was super, <laughs> super hot topic. Well, I mean, Shaneco is kind of nostalgia for us. And especially where we live, no one knows what we're talking about right now. That's it's local, but. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, childhood commercials. Yep, 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 yep. Anyway, so I was talking about <laughs> nostalgia with him and uh, we were talking about like the process of grieving and essentially just like the idea of getting better at grieving and how that like improves your life. And the idea that when you, 
when you get better at the grieving process, you, I guess, can more quickly make space for beautiful things in your life. Right. And I think kind of transition out of what, like to use your phrase, the meat of grieving and to get into like the nostalgia part of grieving Mm -hmm. where you can move through the pain of not having it and move into the gratitude of no longer, or like the gratitude of what you had and then create space in your life for whatever that next thing is. I think, I mean, what do you, what do you think is like the biggest factor, at least for yourself, for being able to like really work through that grief process and allow yourself to be in it or transition through it and let go? Um, Acceptance, like presence and acceptance (laughs) that the thing is no longer there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or even if it's still there in some regards. So if you think about like uh, splitting up with somebody, and, and I was just thinking about breakups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you said it. Okay. Yeah. So if you think about like splitting up with somebody and you're like, oh, well, you know, people will always be like, well, maybe we can work it out and get back together and things will be different and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, maybe they will be different, but that's, that's the thing. It will be different. Uh, you'll never have, you'll never again have exactly what that thing is that you're missing. Mm-hmm. Your relationship's different. And you probably broke up because your relationship is no longer, you know, what you were hoping it would continue to be, or it's just different. It's completely different than your expectations or your needs. So if you got back together, even if things, yeah, things would never be the same. Right. So just accepting that, accepting that the thing that you're missing no longer exists. Um, but that's not always a bad thing, right. Accepting that the next thing that comes in might be better for who you are now than the thing that you might be missing in this moment. Yeah. I think that's, perfect and beautiful. Um, You're perfect and beautiful. I'm perfectly beautiful. Come on now, get it right. <laughs> That's our new, uh, our, our bro version of Eskimo kisses. We're just going to point at each other and fondle. Cream master <laughs> reflex each other. So to give the audience, some I hope context, someone knows what's going on and understands what that actually means. <laughs> so to give the audience some context, there's this thing called the cream master reflex in men. Um, <laughs> there's this muscle the little boys cream. are just giggling right now <laughs> there's this muscle called the cream master muscle that um, god knows what its actual function is but it, it basically lifts men's testicles um, and i imagine it's like for keeping testicles warm when it gets cold out and you know mm-hmm. pulling them up closer to the central body heat but like there is there is this thing that we call the cream master reflex, and it's useful in like two different scenarios in medicine, but um, it's useful in about a thousand other scenarios in your normal life. So you, so you can give this a shot. Wait, what are they useful, useful for in medicine? Um, I'll describe the reflex and I can tell you what they're useful for. Right. Um, so basically you like stroke really high up on a man's inner thigh, um, like gently and softly, and you stroke the skin up on the high inner thigh and it causes his testicles to like pull up. Um, and basically it's this, um, I think the nerve is called the genitofemoral nerve. And like, it does a, it does a little patch of skin on your inner thigh and then like for sensation. And then it does the muscle, um, for your testicles. So what we'll use it for is a, like a suspected, um, testicular torsion. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's testicle isn't like anchored to the wall of their scrotum, um, then it can, it can spin and the veins get compressed because they have thin walls. So all the blood is still coming in through the artery because the artery is thick walled and it doesn't get compressed. And then you get a bunch of blood backing up in your testicle 
um, and the tissue can die. And if that starts to happen, then uh, the cream master muscle won't work. So you can stroke a dude's he's, guy's in excruciating testicular pain and you stroke his inner thigh and you're like, yep, your nuts aren't moving. <laughs> no, it's a good fam. test for anyone yeah. with, with some partners or loved ones around you. Honestly, actually that happened in college to one of my closest buddies and he was like the size of a grapefruit. And it was definitely an ER trip, but yeah. it's a real thing. And it's excruciating. I had a buddy that happened to a couple of times. He was in, he was at college age. I was high school at this time, but yeah, happened a bunch of times. It's rough. I would make fun of him ruthlessly for it. Yes, he would like yes, sit down would. in a chair, really gingerly like, <laughs> and this is the Halloween episode. Talk yes. about spooky things. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. You know, uh, before we tail off into other spooky things as a tangent back to our pre-tangent, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think acceptance is always the most important piece for me. That's the part that comes the easiest. Oh yeah, nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you actually were talking about partners. I thought back to like old breakups and you know when all all those things and it's like i move on so quickly like mentally Mm -hmm. i get it and understand so i can just like transition forward but that grief process is still there despite that and the most important thing for me is to as you know very well zach to set some time aside and to let myself fully feel it and i have to just like intentionally drop myself into that space and get a good like cry or whatever it is and just acknowledge the emotions and the thoughts and all the things. And Mm -hmm. that usually is the most important piece for me. That usually can't happen until like, probably like, or not can't, but it usually doesn't happen consciously until maybe about like a month or two after the fact for myself. That makes me think of your upbringing Mm -hmm. and some of the stuff you told me about, like how your, how your folks kind of, um, and so, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get this super accurate, but you can re-describe it, but like Boost the way that they would, yeah, just kind of like yeah. acceptance, like almost kind of like a spiritual bypass. And also the mm-hmm. idea that you had told me one time, they, they always had you be more others focused, think about other people's feelings and not your own. So yeah. you somaticize a lot of your, uh, painful emotions yeah. before you can fully like emotionally process them. And I think that's why like being in body is so important for you right because your process is like it passes the way station and goes directly into the body and you're like okay time to go into the body and deal with it now Mm -hmm. yeah and it has to be very very intentional or else it just doesn't happen Mm -hmm. and i'll know right like things will start to get blocked up or stuck or heavy or i'll start to like gain weight or whatever it is like okay there's some emotional shit i gotta work through now time to go back in how do you read your body (laughs) a million and a half different ways for me the reading du jour, <laughs> the way I'm looking at it right now for this current phase of the you things just, I'm you learning. Just turn force du jour into like, <laughs> yes. That's a force du jour. Yeah. I don't know, That's du funny. jour of the day. Uh, um, okay. I don't know French. <laughs> um, is looking at my energy, where I'm at, if my body is, if things are flowing for me or if they're stuck, if I have energy or if I'm starting to get like heavy and stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, other times it's looking at like my gut functioning, if I'm getting bloated, if my metabolism is good or not, if I'm just getting stomach aches, um, those are going to be big um, flags for me. What else? Um, a lot of processes too, 
honestly. You know, that that's always a big one. Like you look at where your thought processes are going on my cons- where my thought processes are going on a consistent basis. And if they kind of start to deviate from like where I'm at and my happy norm, like, okay, there's a reason for that. Gotta go mm-hmm. in. No. So the way that I think about the different bodies, um, you know, the physical body, the subtle body, the emotional body, the thought body, all that, you know, the, mm-hmm. the intellectual body, they have like different speeds. Um, and so when you, when you, when you brought up the idea of like seeing where my thoughts are at during the day, I was thinking about just kind of the, the different speeds of how all of this happens. Um, Cause I, you know, the, the physical body is the slowest, obviously, mm-hmm. right. When, when something has been sitting around in the emotional body for a long time, it condenses into the physical body. The emotional body is probably the next fastest. And then the thought body is fast as fuck. If you think mm-hmm. about like the speed of thought, you, if you sit with an emotion and you're really present with it, you'll go through like a thousand and one thoughts before that emotion passes by. Uh, so, so yeah, I think that thoughts are kind of a, I think the thoughts are a good way to <laughs> kind of catch something before it ends up getting lodged mm-hmm. in the body, right? Like if you catch yourself in a thought loop, that's like energy that's going to seep its way into the emotional body and then going to seep its way into I mean, the physical. somatic physical. Yeah. I was just about to say like, it's, it's thoughts first and then that becomes stagnant in the body, which then eventually becomes some sort of physical, um, ailment. Mm-hmm. There were these, uh, these channelings that I read back when I was in that phase of just like consuming anything and all things spiritual, uh, <laughs> that I, that I, I thought were integrous at least. And they were called the Michael teachings. And they talked about how some people, some people incarnate in such a way where they, they have like, like kind of like you, like they have to process things through the body. Like mm-hmm. they're for whatever, for, I forgot exactly how they described it, but basically like the energy m- moves kind of so slowly through the different planes that it, and that it lodges into the body and becomes like a physical ailment. And that's how they process the karma. That's how they learn mm-hmm. and process karma versus um, somebody with a more diffuse energy has like a bunch of thoughts and emotions and, experiences you know if you thought if you think about incarnating on earth you can experience pain physically you can experience pain emotionally and you can experience like stuff like psychological suffering Mm -hmm. and these are all different tools for awakening and different tools for advancement of the soul and so on the one end you have people who develop physical ailments like cancer heart disease you know whatever joint pain Mm -hmm. and they learn karmic lessons through being in pain that way and then you have some people who just are in constant emotional pain, the way they perceive the world. They're very sensitive to, to different changes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just even hearing that, like going through consistent, like chronic, like mental suffering mm-hmm. sounds like the very worst thing in the world to me. I would hate that. I can handle like all the physical, <laughs> physical, physiological stuff, which makes sense. Cause that's the path I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'll say in the way that makes sense to me is for myself in this life, it's a very much based around embodiment and right. We know many of my recent lives have been very, very spiritual, very up, very also thought-based as well. Um, and for me, this life, it's about embodying into myself as a person, into myself as a man, into myself as a leader. These are a lot of the karmas that I'm, karmas and dharmas that I'm working through. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about the body. 
And so it makes sense that for me, like it is processing through the body. Everything is about like the lower chakras. Everything is about the physical. Everything is about me and like just human life. Mm-hmm. It's all very, very, very like down, down, down instead of up, up, up as of the last few lives. When you started talking about your past lives, I saw your aura was like really layered when you were doing that. Mm-hmm. And your video just glitched when I said that. <laughs> and like the like immediately around your body was this kind of dense and thin white light. And then right outside of that was this like light, almost watermelon green with like a pink on the outside of that. That's kind that's of pretty. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but that's what watermelon I saw. Watermelon sugar. Hi. Yeah. Well, that is cool. You got a while. I was also aura. thinking, <laughs> I was also laughing in my head um, about you and I and our processes because when mm-hmm. we come here to record and we have nothing to talk about, we'll get into some super deep stuff. So, or, no, what was I going to say? This episode, we had some spooky shit to talk about and we were just going to play around and talk about spooky stuff and we got super, super deep. And Mm -hmm. usually it's the opposite with some deep topic that we want to get on. And then we end up fucking around the whole time. Yeah. There we go. Us talking to us. Don't tell us what to do. And then we just fucking (laughs) do the exact opposite (laughs) of what we have planned that day. Um, Uh, uh, But to spookify things up a little bit, you had a good topic that you wanted to talk about today. We, you know, we set aside some time and some space to do some clearing of the energy. Do you want to get into this? Yeah. And I think that's actually the very first thing I want to speak to. And I think that's going to be very important for people. So we're going to keep it somewhat serious, but the reason why somewhat, yeah, I was like, don't, you can't say somewhat serious and then hit me with that voice. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why this topic came to mind was, um, the exact process of figuring out what this episode was going to be and us thinking we're going to talk about some spooky stuff. So I had an experience last week and I was watching a ghost hunter show. I love those shows and I have, I don't watch a lot of them since, you know, really going deep into the spiritual work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, spooky time hit. So like, oh, I'll watch it and definitely picked up on some of the energy of the things I was watching. I'm not going to mm-hmm. get into it more because it doesn't serve, but um I was thinking about all the times and discussions you and I have had where we are, you know, especially when we're dealing with a lot of like entity stuff and having conversations with people or people coming to us about it. And one of the things that you and I hated was when it came out of the blue (laughs) and without permission. And there was also no like separation energetically for it. And I think that was an important piece for you and I to have done before going into this discussion was to spend some time and really clear that energy, clear our energy, create a buffer, some intentions to allow us to come into this conversation and not have it be impactful to people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Sorry, my my microphone was muted, didn't unmute itself. Yeah. I mean, creating intention in any work that you do uh, in your life in general, but in the spiritual world, uh, especially because like we just talked about, the physical world is slower than the spiritual world than the spiritual kind of domains. So that, which if you, if you're operating within spiritual domains and with energy, without intention, you're going to create a lot of uh, unintended side effects. Whereas you have a lot of extra time in your, uh, your physical life to course correct and develop an intention before things really start to kind of set in and manifest themselves into your life. So Mm -hmm. Doing when you're doing spiritual work, and to kind of preface this, Neil and I 
I don't know if we if we really like laid this out. We had planned to talk about um, entities today and to talk about like ghost stories and things that have kind of happened to us uh, and some just different little things off that and kind of branch off that. So setting the intention that there would be at least my personal intention was that that there would be no um, no beings or no entities or no energies that would mean any of us, including you and me and the audience, any harm that could interact with either you or I or anybody in the audience through this discussion and setting that space, clearing my space energetically before this, I think was important. And I'm glad that you brought it up and had us do it. Yeah. I was actually just reminded of that yesterday. I was talking to a friend and she's like, have you been grounding? Like I was just have like had a tough week energetically. She's like, have you been grounding? Like, Oh no, I I hadn't as much as I needed to be recently clearing my energy, especially out in the world bit more than usual. Um, But with regards to this, I think one of the crazy things that you and I discovered that we wouldn't have thought was possible as we started to really work with the records last year was, um, sometimes we would pick up entities or beings from other people's records that would connect either to us or into our records as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is something like you think like, this is a divine process. It is very protected. It is very love and white light. There's all this shit where like nothing bad would happen. It's like, no, it's, it's anything is possible. Yeah. That was, that pissed me off a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hated that. And I don't think that that's actually something that's possible to happen without your guys letting it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that that was all a very divinely guided process in Big hindsight. learning lesson for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like in hindsight, I think that those things made their way from records to records. They were record hopping homies. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's got a and, picture of like eighties, like dude with a Kangol hat and a chain. A Kangol hat. Oh my god! Record hopping homie. <laughs> Record hop. I was thinking of like a homie hopper, yeah. like somebody who somebody yeah. who dates around in a friend group. But like uh, these beings that were, I don't even think they were beings so much as they were thought patterns and energy patterns mm-hmm. that existed karmically within a person's records, seeping over into either yours or mine, depending on who was doing a reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that was all allowed by our guides because yeah. it taught us I don't know, whatever the fuck it taught us at that time. Um, it's protection. Yeah. It taught us protection. Necessity of that. As I'm well sure, as I'm sure the, there were the mental other side of it. Yeah. The mental emotional side of it. Yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever those karmic patterns were for that person that, mm-hmm. that we could have learned from through that. So, uh, you know, when we talk about this, I don't mean to talk about it too make anybody worried about doing spiritual work because this kind of thing doesn't really just happen, right? It kind of happens because your guides want it to happen or you've agreed with your guides on some level that it should happen. But we did learn, like you're saying, like protection is very very important. You know, just reading the opening to the Akashic Records prayer isn't always enough, right? If you're doing it unconsciously, not only are you doing yourself a disservice and your client a disservice by kind of willy-nilly just hopping into their records being like, oh, I'm just going to read this thing and then see what kind of mm-hmm. happens, right? Going in with a very powerful intention that this is only for the good of the person, but you're also doing a disservice to everybody else who reads that prayer mm-hmm. because this prayer exists as a thought and energy construct that exists for everybody. And anybody who uses that prayer and accesses it adds a little drop to the bucket of their own energy and of their own intention to it. So every time you use that prayer unconsciously, 
every time you use that prayer with malicious intent, and I hope that nobody's doing that, but anytime you use that prayer for anything but the highest good of the person you're reading for and of yourself, you're adding, um, a, you're, you're basically diminishing the integrity of the prayer. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you said that because I was that was the next subject I was going to go into around this too. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I have actually a calendar reminder on my phone to cleanse and purify my prayers. My mm-hmm. channel is at different access levels that I use. Um, and especially because I have a prayer of my own that I've shared with a select few group of people. Um, and I know that it is getting used. So I have to make sure to consistently cleanse it to allow it to be as pure and good <laughs> as yeah. possible. As pure as a better word for that. Yeah, as pure yeah. as possible. Yeah. But anyways, um, one of the things I was thinking about that I was going to ask you for this is how do you think it works when we pick up an entity from somebody else or from like, cause there's times when I can just be like messaging someone, they start to like text out like, Oh yeah, how did this thing come up last night? And then all of a sudden, boom, in my field. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that it requires uh, an energetic or an auric opening on behalf of the recipient. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that you can pick something up if you're not, if there's not a part of your aura that's vibrating at a similar frequency to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say on that. Like basically, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, I, I don't really have an elaborate yeah. thing. Like um, if, if the way that you think about it is these, these entities, they can be conscious, they can be consciousness constructs, or they can be just karmic patterns that are existing within a loop that have, develop some level of autonomy and sentience. Like if you, if you, whatever, if somebody thinks the thought, like I'm worthless, I should die. I'm worthless. I should die. Blah, blah, blah. And they think that on repeat that, and the energy and the emotional energy they're dumping into that thought loop creates a level of autonomy in that, in that thought loop. And so an an entity that is uh, a conscious construct, like a, an automaton or whatever gets created in this person's field. And it's, the only thing it knows and the only thing it's capable of doing is pressing the energy and a similar thought of I'm worthless. I should die. Right. And so now this thing exists. Uh, it's built up enough spiritual mass to exist on its own free of the person and can divide itself and hop among other people's auras and things like that. That thought cannot touch an enlightened master. Like it, it, sure their field on some level exists at that, but like their conscious thought and their body and their aura operates at such a high frequency that anything like that just gets shit, like shaken off. Shit on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shit on. Yeah. It's like kind of like when you see a dog come out of a river and it just shakes and like yeah. mud and water fly off, like it just the, slides on off the individual's aura and frequency is so high that it shakes off anything heavy and negative. Right. So if you're getting an attachment from somebody, <clears throat> this is why Neil and I always talk about um, pain and and fear and entities and all these things as another form of learning. Like mm-hmm. it's not the highest form of learning, but it is a form of but learning. They are because, to bring up something for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you're not going to get an, a negative attachment or an entity attachment from somebody unless there's something in your field that needs some work <laughs> that needs some attention. Bro, it's like you asking me, how do you read your body and what's going on? This is one of the signs you can use to read yourself. 
That's true. Yeah. And I think too, you know, there's a reason where you and I had so much of this coming up last year because we were in a year that was such deep cleansing. And Mm -hmm. so as the year began to progress, right, our vibration was increasing more and more and more and these things became less and less frequent. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I get a, a couple things here and there now. Not as uh, often. Usually if I'm in between sleep and wakefulness. Yeah. That in between state is gnarly. I, you know, <laughs> I, so I went months and months and months without having anything happen. And then mm-hmm. in the last like two weeks, I've had probably three or four times, like something has come to me when I'm in between sleep and wakefulness. Last That's night, also like the October stuff too, right? Like they also, the, yeah. the energy is more in a place that allows these densities to become more palpably yeah. physical in our space. A lot of people are thinking about ghosts and spooky mm-hmm. shit as they walk around and it just sends out, basically creates little portals all over the fucking mm-hmm. place. And I close portals every night in my room mm-hmm. and I clear entities every night in my room. Do you still? Yeah. Every day. Okay. Yep. I because, totally dropped uh, off that practice because of how much <laughs> it fucking happened to me yeah. back in the day. <laughs> uh, yes. That stuff barely happens anymore, but you know, it, it does happen when I'm halfway when I'm kind of in between sleep and wakefulness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I think you, you're right. You know, when we were elevating, um, you can't, you can't skip steps, you know, in, in a, in a, a pro I'm going to say the process of enlightenment. And I'm not saying that to say that Neil and I are enlightened by any means, but like the process of enlightenment, which is the process of ascension in one's frequency, you don't get to skip steps. Like if you, uh, if you fucking yell at your mom, every time you get on the phone with her or, uh, somebody cuts you off in traffic and you get white knuckle angry or your boss says something to you. And then as soon as they turn around, you go like, and you get all fucking angry behind their back. That shit's going to come up when you start to elevate your frequency. That doesn't get to stick around. You know, it comes up even more. <laughs> it comes up even more. You'll get even angry. You'll get even more frustrated. To be um, seen to be worked through. Yeah. And you'll probably yeah. even get caught in the process of doing some of that stuff if you refuse to deal with it. So as these lower vibrational thought patterns and beliefs rose up within from, from out from within us to more of the surface, uh, they become like uh, lead points or like attachment points for other negative energies to latch onto mm-hmm. the field. Um, and I think that it's a beautiful design because on, on one level, you're just going like, Oh, like ghosts and entities are attaching to me. Like, woe is me. Um, and on the other level, you're going like, oh, this is all like this whole realm that we exist in exists for the sole purpose of the soul. It's like for the sole purpose of soul growth. So nothing happens on these planes that isn't for the purpose of soul growth. If an mm-hmm. entity is attaching to me, it's because I was ignoring work that I needed to do on my spiritual path. And now I can't ignore it because a bunch of spooky shit is happening. Mm-hmm. It forces you to. Yeah. That was one of the cool things that we had learned too, like going through different entity experiences last year, like especially like there are just you know entities in the way we think about them, but there are some that are really, really here to serve us. Like they can be dark feeling, appearing, whatever, but they can also come in with, I mean, they are, they're all here to serve us in one capacity or another, but there are some that are especially here to really bring up some stuff for us to be seen. Mm-hmm. That is why, and that's how they serve we kind of view it as like scary or negative or spooky or whatever. But like a lot of times that like to what you're speaking to it, they are showing up for a reason. I mean, in the ways that in the same way that 
you or I or anybody on this planet might do something that is harmful to somebody else or is painful to somebody else. And it's actually like contracted for their soul growth or can be utilized for their soul growth. For example, breaking up with somebody or like mm-hmm. um, having a day where you're just feeling like a little shit and you like say something like, I'm kind of feeling like a little <laughs> shit today and I'm ac- I'm probably going to accidentally say something mean to somebody. It's going to hurt their feelings, but you can't hurt somebody's feelings unless there's some insecurity there to be exposed and utilized. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or not utilized, but like to be exposed and seen in the same way, these entities do that. They just exist more, more permanently, um, Mm -hmm. or I guess more frequently at a level of frequency that is akin to fear. So when they show up, you feel scared because their frequency is that of fear. Whereas mm-hmm. if somebody who was like a saint, like Mother Teresa showed up, you would feel really loving and really seen and really generous because that person's frequency is at a, a much higher level. Um, it's just that, yeah. I mean, these things, they're trying to survive just like any of us are. And they're going around and they're interacting with energetic realms the way any of us would. And it just so happens that their field is a little dirtier or a little... Um, <laughs> more sticky and difficult to deal with. Yeah, man, you, something you said really stuck out for a different reason. And I actually have a story that I'm going to drop into now. Get it, girl. Um, you're talking about like when you're in that in-between sleep stage and that also intuitively is kind of what like October feels like for me. It's an in-between between like the different realms of like our mm-hmm. physical and the spiritual And that's what we talk about when like the veil is thin, like we're kind of in that in-between space where the spiritual, the energetic can be more present in Mm -hmm. our realm. Years back, I went to a bachelor party in Tahoe and Hmm. (laughs) I was also in a tough place. Um, There was just a lot of stress going on, a lot of stuff I was like working through and having a tough time with, but also we drank our faces off, right? (laughs) Bachelor party. And um, so everyone crashed downstairs. I have a tendency, tendency to snore my face off if I've been drinking. So I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna spare you guys. I'll sleep upstairs on the couch. You guys do your thing, go downstairs. And I went to sleep and was in that in-between. I remember oh, yeah. it was um some some big sleep paralysis, and it was in between consciousness and sleep. Mm-hmm. And that part can be like freaking enough on its own. And then I remember this like being walking up to me and it was like very, just a discombobulated looking thing. I'm not going to get into much more than that. Um, but I remember it just looking at me and like twitching and I freaked out. Like this was as scared as I'd ever been in my life. And I remember trying to like yell and nothing was happening until like finally, like I was able to kind of break free of the sleep paralysis and the yelling that I was trying to do eventually like came through and I was just like yelling in the middle of the night (laughs) Mm -hmm. after all this, but I had always attributed it to being, um, drunk right coming off of a night of a lot of drinking and so that messes with your sleep and you can't just get like deep REM sleep and things are just all funky which is what I thought like opened it up for this but as you're speaking through all this I kind of put it all together it was also because I was in just in the emotional place that I was in and so that was also exacerbated by the drinking and yeah being in you know that kind of in-between state um 
Yeah. There's also a reason that hard liquor is called spirits. You know, I did not think about that. Yeah. Like alcohol is alcohol makes your field very porous. I was just about to say. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it, it shuts off your consciousness. Like Mm -hmm. the more you drink, the less conscious you get. And therefore the less, uh, I guess the less discriminatory you get. Right. Mm -hmm. If you think about like your waking life in this reality is like, Oh, I have a water bottle and a microphone and a computer and I'm separate from everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's boundaries. And as you drink and you dampen your consciousness, you're not dampening it in a way in like a setting of meditation where you're elevating your frequency and becoming more and more diffuse and more and more in touch with the fact that you are the same as everything around you. You are just shutting off your frontal lobe and becoming really open. You're becoming a zombie. Yeah, you are. You're eating. But actually, though, (laughs) in a way, yeah, Yeah. actually, yeah, you kind of are. Yeah. I wonder if if that's where those like stories came from or those like lore came from. It's like Mm. seeing drunk people stumbling through the streets. Just trying to eat. (laughs) Yeah. And then like a writer just like turned it into a like a whole like novel thing. I am very curious what the roots of like zombie lore is now. Yeah. Shit. I really want to know. I'm going to have to do some research on that for the next episode. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite? We're kind of switching a little bit, but if you have mm-hmm. any a ghost story you want to say or share or any experience, but I was also going to ask what your favorite lore is. Mm-hmm. So answer whichever one you want to answer. <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, the thing that, that comes to mind is the ghost story because I, I the other one's going to take some thinking. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of any like favorite lore that's coming up right now, but uh, I used to love Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, um, and again, setting the intention that this energy doesn't affect anybody, including myself or you. Um, so I need to be very careful about how deep I go into this memory, but basically I'll try and stay as detached from it as I can. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, my mom got remarried. We moved into like a townhouse with, uh, with her new husband. Um, we all moved in together and upstairs, the carpet changed. Like you could see a stark delineation down the hallway and the law at that time, like homeowner regulations at the time were like, if somebody died that you had to change the carpets. I think it was like, if somebody got murdered or something like that, you had to change the carpets in the apartment. Um, before somebody else moved in. So it was like spooky right off the bat. And my bedroom was in the upstairs of the townhouse and my parents' bedroom was downstairs. And I couldn't have been more than like five or six years old at the time. I think I was five Um, or maybe even four. But so I I slept on this bunk bed and every night as I would go to bed, climb up my bunk bed. And the way that it was set up was like perpendicular. It was like a T. So the bottom bunk was like faced, you know, head to toe, like head up against the wall, toe out into the room. And then the top bunk was perpendicular to that. And uh, you could climb up the ladder on the side. And if you were to stand on the bottom bunk, you would kind of be at eye level with the top bunk. So I would climb up and my mom would tuck me in every night and she would say, you know, good night to me. And then she would, you know, leave. She'd leave the room. Sometimes in the middle of the night, if she, if I was sick or whatever, she would come upstairs and she would check on me in the middle of the night, give me a hug and give me a kiss on the forehead and stuff, you know, good mom stuff. And one night I remember waking up 
And I opened my eyes and, you know, my mom was standing on the, the bottom bunk middle of the night and she had her, her, yeah, she had her robe on. Neil was mouthing. Oh, I know the story. And he's shaking his head like, oh, fuck. No, 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 no. <laughs> and so I opened my eyes and my mom is standing there in her bathrobe um, and she did dead, like dead pan face, like no human emotion in her face. And I woke up and I was a kid. I didn't really know any better. I was like, oh, hey, mom, like, what are you doing up here? You know, something along that lines, like, you know, will you give me a hug? And I like held my arms out and it just kept staring at me. And then she just turned around and like walked out of the room and uh, I went to bed. And then the next morning I'm eating breakfast and my mom is like, she's like standing at the table and she's whatever, like sorting through papers or something like that. And I look up at her and I go like, why didn't you give me a hug last night? She goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, you came up into my room last night and you stared at me and you didn't give me a hug. And her face went like ghostly pale. And I don't remember what happened after that. That's where the memory ends for me. But it wasn't the only spooky thing that had happened, apparently. You know, my mom has been haunted her whole life. Like she's had probably like more ghost experiences than people on Ghost Hunters have had. Um, some of them sought out, many of them not. Um, she's just very psychically porous, like psychically open. Um, and apparently, you know, what she had told me this later on in my childhood. Um, still when I was too young to be probably hearing stories like this, <laughs> but, uh, we used to have the baby monitor in my bedroom upstairs and there was no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. no. Okay. I don't know if anybody's ever seen insidious, but, oh, um, man. like that, uh, yeah. um, you know, you can like hear the mumbling and mm-hmm. through the, through the baby monitor. Um, it was different than insidious because I didn't like start screaming or anything like that. But my mom heard a woman's voice saying my name ah. into the thing, like Zachary. No, Zachary, wake up. No. And my mom ran upstairs and fucking grabbed me and ran out of the room. Oh, um, and shit. we moved shortly after that. Good. Yeah. That is a big thing. Uh, God, those fucking two stories are like prime stories. <laughs> they are scary stories. Yeah. Especially like hearing them from you, knowing that they are real experiences like that. Uh, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> um, we, whenever I've moved into a new place or whenever like my family has moved into a new home, we've come mm-hmm. at this from more of like a Buddhist uh, background for like home blessings. But we have a lot of psychics in the family and that's always something that we turn to when we're moving. And so home blessings sound like the Buddhist version of like a home goods show. <laughs> instead of like a home makeover show it's like a home blessings that's great i would love to turn that into a show somehow that would be fun actually <laughs> and like you know how they like could they cut to like the side interviews and like the with like the weird purple background or whatever they cut to and the like monk. They, they they interview yeah they cut to the monk and he just has a vow of silence so he just stands there quietly every time they cut to him. but he's like <laughs> intending different words and emotions to you and you feel yeah. it <laughs> There's like a bunch of drama happening in the house with like the overhead camera. And then they pan to like the, the interview and he's just completely fucking quiet. I'm just seeing a monk. He just puts his finger up and just goes like, no, 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 no. But no words, just like waving the finger. He just has a staff and he whacks somebody in the shins with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, cut that's you off. great. Right? No, I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> um, we always, when we're moving, we always go to the psychics and they kind of give a quick little like look into the home. And I remember when I moved to a place in, uh, in grad school in San Diego, my first place, she was like, yeah, there's, there's a being there and it's good. It'll look after you, but you have to make sure to do a blessing for it and just give it some respect. 
but it's mm-hmm. really going to take care of you and watch after you. So don't worry. Um, and that place is good. It feels good. It's good energy. So just an interesting little tidbit. Um, I think homes are very important in choosing a home that feels good and feels right. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. We did a lot of that when you were moving into this place too, right? Yep. I, yeah, I was thinking about that maybe a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, call, I called you on video chat yeah. and we walked through the apartment together. And I was like, what do you think? Because mm-hmm. I had received from you and from maybe two other people in Akashic Record readings, unsolicited. I wasn't asking about my living situation. <laughs> and the guides were like, you need to move to a place that has better energy. Like you are in a really negative place. Dude, that you know? the old place sucked. <laughs> there were, there were, yeah, this one felt ton, so much better. Tons of yeah, entities in that old place. Yeah. I, since I moved, I've had almost no problems whatsoever. Um, do you remember how much the energy shifted to after we did that home blessing too? Yeah. Like when we cleansed and purified it, it was like, oh, yeah. this that is was the amazing. most <laughs> weird fucking woo-woo thing I think I've ever done. Oh, bro, it was woo. <laughs> we had like lit candles and we were like walking. It felt around. like we were in a fucking seance, bro. We walked yeah. around the, perifer- the perimeter <laughs> of my home and we were like oming at the walls and like and doing all Charging sorts of them and like saying things. Yeah, it was yeah. woo shit. <laughs> it was so woo-woo. Oh my God. It was God. great though. If we're, I think we both had that, like, had that awareness the whole time. We're like, this is so cringy, but like, like what are we doing? But like, <laughs> also, yes, it's necessary. And I'm actually enjoying it because it's fun too. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. Like, let's just follow our intuition and, and bless the home. But uh, yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What were you saying? But I think that's an interesting point, though, that you're raising. It's like not all entities are bad, mm-hmm. right? Like the quote unquote entity, right? You know, some spirits. And there's so many different classifications, right? And I won't really get into it, but you know, like you know, some spirits are kind of like just people who are are not ready to like bring all of their spiritual mass back to the spirit world and mm-hmm. you know continue to incarnate that aspect of themselves. Um some are interdimensional, some are just like beings that exist and incarnate <laughs> within those realms, you know, yeah. that kind of like incarnate their their soul within astral and spiritual realms and kind of go around and bounce from like earth plane to other planets and just you know, all these different things and experience things. And, you know, some of them are trickster spirits and they, they scare you because yeah. they get joy out of it. Loki and beings. some of them, <laughs> yeah. And some of them are a little bit more malicious than that. And yeah, there's just a whole range. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't really necessarily. I think we've I mean, dealt with all the entire range, you and I. <laughs> some, yeah. I don't know. I have some friends who have a lot more poltergeist experiences. Yeah, that's true. Experiences I'm, I'm going to keep us away from that one. Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah. So, yeah, it always it always scares me. I'm like, you know what? I've dealt with some pretty with some pretty creepy, shitty stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Like I know how to deal with it. And then I think about some of the stories that I've heard from our friend Maya, and I'm like, things that are very physical are the ones that are scary. Yeah, you and I have experienced like the energetic, emotional. And yeah. other and yeah. other creepy things, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like there will be times. I mean, this is and this is like on the lower end of the creepy scale of things that happen to her. But like, mm-hmm. we'll, she'll be sending me a message, be like, "Oh fuck no, fuck no, fuck no!" Something's like floating uh, off the table, you know, and like yeah. some, like a book will just be floating off the table and it'll just yeah. drop, you yep. know, or something will get like slid across the room. And she she's good about it. She's like, you know, I see them as just like spirits who just want some attention, you know, mm-hmm. like they're not harmful. Um, although I've been punched in the shin by a fucking ghost. <laughs> you remember that? That's actually what I was thinking about when you, when you were saying some of the stuff you was experienced. Poltergeisty. Yeah. This was yeah. right when I was going through my awakening. Um, mm-hmm. 
this was shortly after I started doing crown meditations and um, I don't know. Could I, could I read the records at this point? I think you had just started. Yeah. I might, like you may have been like a month or been, so into like a few months into it. I think I might've just been trying, but I, I didn't even know that there was a prayer to get into the records at that mm-hmm. point. I think okay. I had just been trying to access the records through like force of will. And, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night because I was like having a dream about one of my cats that my parents owned. And in the dream, like the cat got mad at me cause I wasn't feeding him. He was a fucking chonk and a half bro. <laughs> and, uh, he was on, glucocorticoids for cat asthma and so he got extra hungry and in the so he would always get angry in real life when you wouldn't feed him because he was thick and in the dream he got mad at me and he lunged at me and i got in real life punched in the like i felt like a in my shin and it woke me up and like Mm -hmm. i've woken up from dreams where like you have like a free fall sensation or whatever it was not that yeah i was punched in the shin um, and if I remember correctly, there was like a little red spot on my shin as well, like where something had touched me. Yeah, I remember that. I think I feel like I remember seeing scratches on you once too before. Uh, that, that might that might not be true. Different reasons. And so, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, what's I, up, Daddy? <laughs> I woke up from that, and I remember like I cleared my room and I did all that shit. My heart is fucking pounding when that's happening. Yeah, I'm freaking the fuck out. And I remember I, I must have sent Neil like a Instagram message or a WhatsApp message at like fucking three in the morning. And I was like, but I need you to fucking channel something for me. Like, and I was probably awake going through my own shit too. So <laughs> yeah, this, and this was at the time when you channel a lot. Yeah. So I would always ask you to help me out with shit. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, like, I mean, like it would be like being in the hospital and, like, ordering an x-ray or like a lab. Like I need this x-ray stat. <laughs> like this, this cannot wait. Or some things they'd be like, yeah, man, if you feel like it, it'd be nice if you did this. And sometimes I'd be like, bro, I'm calling a favor. Like, I need you to fucking channel for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. That's some, that's some stuff that we had went through, especially yours, man. <laughs> Respect for what Respect. you did. <laughs> yeah, you had some. You had, I remember the one that you were telling me about. Uh, I thought about it earlier in this episode when you were talking about ghost hunters. Mm hmm. I was going through a bunch of entity shit and it got you in the mood to watch ghost hunters somehow. And so you were like fucking watching ghost. Uh, Oh, I remember that one. Okay. So the one that came up this past time is a similar experience to that. It was Mm -hmm. some dark energy. Um, But I actually had another thing come up that that I'll share. I'll go from the creepy one into a really pleasant one. (laughs) Um, You were talking about the voice coming through on the baby monitor. And mm-hmm. it made me think of this one time back in my old home before actually I had got into my spiritual work. I was still um, director at that point in, in another mess. <laughs> and this was when I first was just like stepping into spirituality and was listening to the podcast that I've shared many times with you that I used to love psychic teachers and just oh, starting yeah. to like get an understanding of everything. Those sweet old, like they had like this perfect granny energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like grandma's like storytelling to you. And it's just like warm and fuzzy, but then it's also really spiritual and amazing. Um, <laughs> I love them. But uh, yeah, it was the middle of the night and I think it was around October as well. And my phone, I always turn it off in the night, in the middle of the night. Like I'll turn off, I'll put it on airplane mode and just let mm-hmm. everything go dead. Neil turns and his phone off and turns me on. That's why I turn it off. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can come turn you on. He gets very present with me. He shuts the phone off and sets it down. And then in a white silk blouse with a 
a breeze coming in from somewhere always just grabs a rose in between his teeth and serenades to me. Softly speak in your ear. Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. Tell you something that you might I like to hear. hear. You got a sexy ass body. <laughs> and your ass looks soft. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming, which is why it's hilarious. Fucking yin yang friends, man. Oh man. Uh, oh god. I I I, I love our friendship. <laughs> uh, but the real question, Neil, is do you mind if I touch it and see if it's soft? You already know, Boo. You already know. <laughs> so is that a yes? <laughs> Trying to get consent out here. <laughs> We're in between, just like that it is. I'm in between. We're in between. You'll have oh, to in feel between. into it and see what happens. Do you get in between? <laughs> After I message you and be like, yo, bro, like how much do we want to keep on our episodes? Do you want to let it be fully raw and real with everything we speak to? And the answer was yes. So this is going on air. <laughs> I was thinking about that as I was waiting for you to get the Zoom meeting started. I was like, there's going to be something that comes up where he's going to be like, do you want to keep that? <laughs> yeah, we're keeping it. We're being raw and authentic from here on out. God, yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, that's, that was great. Anyways, what I was going to say, totally just like the story's done at this point. <laughs> the phone was dead, right? I put it on the airplane mm-hmm. mode and I'm just asleep, right? And it's like 3 a.m. I wake up and I just hear this like white noise going on. And I look and my, there's a light just like beaming from my phone. It's on and there's white noise coming from it. And it's just like fuzzy like what you see in, in movies, mm-hmm. real thing. And the moment I look over to my phone and see it and acknowledge it, it just shuts back off. And that Ooh. was it. But it was like three in the morning. So it was also creepy. And I think it was around October. Fuck so, that. Yeah, fuck that. And that house too was actually on native land. And we had other, you know, family members who were psychics and intuitives come over and like, oh my God, like there's so many spirits here. There's so many Native Americans. They're friendly, but like there's so many. Yeah. And like in that house too, like we'd always hear like cupboards opening or closing in the middle of the night. Um, Hungry ghosts in the middle of the night trying to find a bowl for cereal. A Neil and his brother Nick just starving, trying to go get some food. (laughs) Um, that reminds me of a dream that I had had last year around this. It was mm-hmm. last year around this time. No, it was maybe I guess two years ago at this time. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I've been friends for two years now. Um, <clears throat> I no, it was, I guess it was like kind of new year, like around the new year in 2019 or 2020. And I remember having this dream where some, it was when I was having all these, you know, entity visitations and, in the dream, it was so, re- it felt so real. I was like talking to somebody on the phone and I like turned my phone off and plugged it in where I input, set it on my desk where I always set it down. And then I crawled into bed and I was laying down and like a voice started coming through my phone, um, which I was always scared would happen in real life. Cause I was always like, Oh my God, like what if a ghost gets into my phone and starts talking to me through that? Or like, you know, utilizes the microphone to like give itself a voice. Um, And so I'm like laying in bed and I didn't know it was a dream at the time, obviously. And this spirit starts talking to me through the phone. Um, And it says something along the lines of like December 25th. And I was like, what happens on December 25th? And then the phone just shut off and then the dream ended. And I woke up and I was like looking in the same direction that I was looking in the dream. And I was like, Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) It was so, 
It was so creepy. Nothing happened on December 25th, but that's a it, was a, it was like maybe actually December 25th was like two days after my uh, Saturn return started. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is really yeah. recent. You're going to like, it's going to be December 25th, like 10 years from now, something's going to happen and you're just going to remember the ghost like, oh yeah, good job, homie. You were right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> this was it. <laughs> yeah. I was forewarned. Yeah. It's a ghost picking a crisp, like picking Christmas of all days. Like, of course, something significant will happen on some Christmas eventually. They'll be like, I fucking told you. Told you, bro. Like, what a told high you, yield day. Told you you're going to have you know? a Christmas. <laughs> That's a high probability yeah. day, bro. Like, you could have yeah. done better. <laughs> you're just probably, a, you're probably the spirit of a shitty psych, a shitty fake psychic. <laughs> Yo, the old psychics are crazy. Some of them, like, there's a big connection between psychics and psychology in like the very, very beginning mm. of the world. There was like a transition from like psychics eventually <laughs> was like overlapped into the transition into a lot of like That's really psychology. Yeah. I can't remember any of it, but I remember hearing this in like back in undergrad before spiritual. I'm interested in learning more. I remember like hearing some of this about stuff. like the origins of psych of psychology and like psychotherapy and stuff like that. I mean, not psychotherapy, but like mm-hmm. psychology. I don't know why, and I can't remember it, but for some reason, I just remember a lot of stuff about ectoplasm. <laughs> but it was learned in like a psych one, like an intro to psych class. <laughs> in ectoplasm. That's funny. And it was like about like a lot of stuff that was going on with like the, with the psychics. <clears throat> there was a lot of stuff at that time about like ectoplasm. But then there was people who were fake psychics and just like create some gunk and like throw it at you Ugh. in the dark. That's so dumb. Yeah. It's so gross. Um, you know, there's there uh, was actually you know the the root you know, the word mesmerize. It came mm-hmm. from a doctor in like the late 1800s, like William Mesmer or something like that, and he used he would like use tones and like uh, magnetic rods, and his belief was that <clears throat> disease was based in like the magnetic field around the body. And I mean, these are guys like who. Mm-hmm you know, paid homage to like the electric nature of the universe and the body right back then. And so he would like wave rods around people. And I was like, I wonder if that's where like the term mesmerize came from, like from that guy. Cause people would get into like a, you know, kind of a weird, you're like sitting in like a warm, I think he had them like sitting in like a warm tub and then like had like music playing mm-hmm. and then would like wave magnetic rods over them. And I'm like, that sounds like being mesmerized. I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine, a, like, if you—that's the story of our first date. <laughs> mesmer, yes, mesmerized, standing outside of the bathroom of leaving Ross a while small you're in church. The bath. <laughs> uh, can you imagine though being a doctor and like <laughs> your last name is Mesmer and you're like you're about to be mesmerized, mesmerized. and someone's like, "I'll oh, get the fuck out, <laughs> you cheesy son of a bitch." <laughs> Oh, that's great. You know, he, he had a crew of people who were just all about it too. I'm sure. Yeah. Mesmerize. <laughs> uh, well, as we round up this, I'll share one more on a very happy note moment. Um, you know, October is not all about the spook, but it can be things that are very heartwarming. The spirits can be heartwarming as well. And that's why we have what like day of the dead. And it's what all this really is. It's a celebration of the dead. And it's when they are, you know, able to be connected to us in ways that we aren't able to perceive usually. And I remember this was probably about that same Halloween when I was like, just getting into my spirituality. 
or maybe in the next year, I can't remember. But anyways, <clears throat> I remember listening to psychic teachers and they're like, if you want, you can try to connect to past loved ones and ask for a message or ask for some communication. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my dog. I'm gonna go talk to my old dog. I'm gonna get homie back. I miss him. I love him. And we're still in the same house that he lived in with us at that point. And so I set the intention to connect with him. And like probably, I think it was like 15, 20 minutes after that, I just hear like little dog knocks on the door, like the way he would back when he was with us. Oh my God. And that was it. But it was like the sweetest, like most heartwarming things. Oh, what a buddy. That. I love that, man. Yeah. Um, I used to, we had this cat, uh, my dad had, you know, has like the, the, the big Savannah cats. And there was this one Kimbu who, mm-hmm. when I moved in, he just like attached to me and he was probably like, uh, six by the time I moved in, but you know, I had visited a lot and like got, you know, got to know him and stuff. <clears throat> and he would follow me around in the morning. So I would be getting ready for school and I'd, you know, get up and I'd shower. And when I'd open the shower door, he'd be waiting outside the the bathroom Mm -hmm. and I'd walk over to the kitchen and he'd follow me into the kitchen. And then I'd walk into my bedroom and he would see me getting dressed and I'd be like trying to put my socks on and he would do this thing. And he's a big cat. He weighed like 28 pounds or something like that. And it was like mostly muscle. I was gonna say you got all the chunks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they were like Savannah cats. So they're big yeah. cats. And he would like flop down on my feet and stretch out mm-hmm. and like lay in the sun. Like the sun would come through the window and he would like lay on my feet and like make me pet his belly and not leave me alone. Um, and then I'd get home and I'd walk into my bedroom and he'd be laying on my bed when I'd get back in my bedroom. And when I was uh, at Davis, it might've been my first year. I was dating Emma at the time. Um, so I don't know how quite how deep into my my tenure at Davis I was, but I remember I went back for to visit for a long weekend and he would like walk past me and I would like pet his sides. And I was like, his stomach feels bigger than it used to, but it like felt hard. His stomach mm-hmm. felt big and felt hard. It's like that's kind of weird. And then you guys notice is he gaining weight? And my parents are like, oh, we haven't noticed. And they took him to the vet and they got him a scan and mm-hmm. he had metastatic cancer right. and he died within the week. Um, and so since then there'll be times when I'm at my parents' house and I'll see like mm. out of the corner of my eye, I'll see him and I'll flick, I'll feel him and I'll like be looking around. Cause like, you know, when you like see something out of the corner of your eye and you look at it, it's like not there. Um, <clears throat> and I'll just like feel his presence and then I'll like feel weight on my feet. Mm. And I'm Aww. like, oh, oh what's up, <laughs> he's lad? still here, you know, that's so sweet. And I had told my stepmom or something along the lines. And she, you know, she's not like a spiritual person by any means. And she was like, I feel like Kim Goo's still around here sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, he is. <laughs> like, yeah, he sure trust is. me. Just laid on me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's really sweet. I love that. Yeah. I think that's where we finish with some heartwarming love. Kim Boo and peace was mine peace yeah. peace i yeah. love that kimbu and peace so everybody there's a little bit of kimbu and peace for you and some spookiness and some raunchiness and everything that you could expect from neil and zach <laughs> so, uh, all right we love y'all tune in for one more episode of spookiness next week and who knows what we'll throw at you lord knows we don't know <laughs>